So where, where you've got some of those transactions and it's buttoned down and maybe it's not as conversational, but you're just getting, uh, it's effortless, it's quick, it's easy, it's successful, you don't have to touch it. But if you want to introduce a new concept, so there's little risk anyways, because maybe all of those interactions have to go to a human agent, that's where to try it out. Mm -hmm. So don't think of moving to whether it's conversational AI, whether it's generative AI, it has to be this rip and replace. Um, if you have something you've already made the investment, especially with our current customers, it's a great opportunity to go in and do, you know, the term champion challenger, A-B testing, to, to, to pick a use case and introduce that experience and, uh, you know, see what happens. Hello and welcome back to No Hold Time. I'm David Arisen. I'm here with Eric Robeson and Brian Bremer. I'm going to kick it off. And here's what I want to chat about today. I get this question a lot. And I'm not sure people know the answer to it. And I want you to address it, Brian. Okay. What is a virtual agent? Okay. Well, so let's take it back a little bit. Um, we all kind of, I shouldn't say we all, because I don't know who listens to this thing anymore, but mm -hmm. us three, we three, all kind of grew up. Of in, the three of us. We all grew up where IVRs were kind of commodities, but, but common practice in this space. And an IVR, for those of you who don't know, interactive voice response, I always explain it to, I took this to a, a sixth grade, uh, fifth grade, fifth grade, explain what your parents do day. <laughs> and try to explain what I do in this business was really hard. So I told them, I go, look, you know when your parents call the bank and that automated thing answers the phone and you hear them scream agent at it? <laughs> we, you know, that's what an IVR basically <laughs> is at this point. Um, so for an IVR, for those of you who don't know, IVR is essentially an automated system that will answer calls. It will offer you a set of menus with the goal of either offering a little self-service or routing you to the best human possible to take your phone call. So press one for payments, press two for balance, et cetera, or you scream agent at it. It's really been your experience for the past 30 years. Any, anything you call, toll-free, local, and there's a system in front of your call, that was an IVR. Yeah, you got it. So the term virtual agent or intelligent virtual agent has been kind of growing over the last four or five years, probably four, three or four years, more like it. And the thought was, let's replace legacy IVRs or legacy SMS two-way interactions or you know, just, just software applications to be more open-ended to, to feel like you're talking to a human to allow for multiple things to be said or, or understood with natural language to get the task done that you as a consumer or caller or texter are trying to get done. So instead of just requiring press one for payment all the way through seven to talk about jobs, the, the concept of virtual agent now is just like if I was talking to you, David, if you worked in the contact center, you're in an automated way asking me, hey, Brian, how can I help you today? That, mm -hmm. that open-endedness allows for us 
as consumers to essentially talk to the automation to get what we want done done. Now the trick is building a good one. Well, that's a whole nother episode at some point, but and maybe we talk about it today. Um, and it's not just voice. Like it can be done in any channel. Um, chat could be done in text, could be done in uh, even probably in, in social. I think some people have started to kind of do it in social yeah. as well. Well, thanks for clarifying that because I feel like one of the misconceptions is, is that it's like chat only and it's not voice. Mm -hmm. Wrong. In fact, I would imagine chatbot was probably the, the easiest to get into in, in the concept of virtual agents. And they called them bots. They didn't call them virtual agents, yeah. right? Um, but so many people, including what we talk to in terms of clients and prospects every day as, as people in this business, voice is still the king channel. And, and people hate IVRs that aren't built well. They right. like them when they're built well. In fact, we, we've built some amazing IVRs with natural language already mixed in and, yep. and some of the things for 15 years. But it's that if you didn't go down the flow we wanted you to go down, then we were still transferring you to some sort of default queue or general queue anyway, and the, the people had to do it. So now the evolution has been, let's take the human agent contact center experience and bring it forward or backward, depending on how you look at it, into the, the front of call, front of experience, front of text message, front of chat, to essentially give, give consumers the chance to get things done better, easier, and communicate better. Yeah, and one thing, you know, we talk a lot about IVR being menu options, but don't be fooled, even over the past few years when you hear, how may I help you? And it felt more conversational. There was still a predefined journey based off of whatever the customer said. So mm -hmm. if a customer said, I want to know my account balance, they'll send you down that path, but once you're to the end, you had to start over you know, how else may I help you? Well, now I want to make a payment. So it wasn't, it was, it was predefined journeys, but you were always sort of going back to the beginning versus now truly becoming more conversational where it's that multi-intent, multi-inquiry, and it's not predefined. So you could go from asking what your account balance is to I've got a technical support issue I need help with. And it, it, it feels to the consumer they're speaking to the same person in the same conversation. Yeah, and the history of it is, I mean, we, we started with the IVR, right? But to your point, it's really grown from, from basic touch tone, which we call DTMF or dual, I don't remember <laughs> the name of it. Push the numbers on your phone to, yeah, some, some high level of speech yeah. recognition to deeper level of speech direction, which people are calling natural language processing, but really it still wasn't all that natural yeah, It was more language. N, yeah, like, it's like NLU, NLP. Yeah, I mean, we, you built tags to uh -huh. get things done, but yeah. it didn't truly understand the intent. Yeah. Then folks like Google and Apple and others built a lot of um, ways to gather intent for all their at-home assistance, and it kind of just evolved to go, look, we've already got the at-home devices, let's bring some of that into the to the audio space, the chat yep. space, et cetera. The, the customer service space is probably more like it. Yeah. yeah. Did I explain it, or did I cause any chaos there? No, I think, 
here the I think the difficulty is coming up with a concise <coughs> differentiator. So I talk too much. <laughs> not that, right? It's 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 not an easy question. It's not an mm -hmm. easy question to answer. I think what I've gathered is that it allows you to do more things more efficiently within a shorter amount of time. Eric, you talked about having to go all the way mm -hmm. to the beginning of the of the menu, right? It's so it's multi-intent is what I'm hearing. Uh, more conversational, even though we know that natural language was part of the, the IVR as well, uh, but just more efficient and also bringing to the beginning of the call more of the capabilities that you were doing with, with agents. Yeah, and, and I think the genesis of why they are needed, it goes back to the challenges of a contact center or a staffing center or a, or a retail store. Like, you just don't have enough employees, mm -hmm. or if you did, it's very expensive. And, and, and that's one aspect of it. The second aspect of it is folks want to self-serve. Like, they want to get their needs done fast. Don't wait on hold. Don't ask or go through 50 menus. They just want to get something done that they're calling or texting or chatting about so much faster. And it, you know, the, the, the virtual agent gives them the ability to do that, explain it how they would talk to their, you know, friends and family or a contact center agent to get it done. And I think the next evolution of, of you know, generative AI will continue to grow on that. But com conversational AI and was really the birth of IVAs. And that's just started with kind of the evolution of where we were with speech technologies yep. five, six years ago. Yeah, and I think the bar f for knowledge has been raised. So you, there was an understanding that uh, whether it was a live agent or a system may have not have all the answers. Well, we're so used to having content and information at uh, the tips of our fingers. <laughs> So when someone's seeking information, the moment they don't feel like someone knows it or they can't find it, they're, they're, they're done. So yeah. I think that's where in the past with IVR, um, those, the, the, the knowledge in the system was somewhat limited. It could do a, a very boxed in, predefined set of things. Now with IVA and generative AI, it's much, much more open to sourcing content and information, becoming more knowledgeable. Well, you guys, we've been building them for a while now. I'd love to know what your, what your clients think of them. Like, I know we, we've spent a lot of times <coughs> moving customers. And let, let, me, let me rephrase that question. What do your clients think and how do they react when you explain to them, let's take you away from legacy IVR and move you to virtual agent? I have my own opinion, mm -hmm. but I'd like, to, I'd like to throw that out there. Maybe I'll do mine first. When I, when I explain what an what a IVA is, customers or prospects tell me, they're like, look, I love the idea, but it's risky. Mm -hmm. It's risky in the fact that I can't afford any more calls to my contact center than I have today. 
So we as salespeople, as consultants, as CX fund, have the responsibility to, to get them over that hurdle. How, how, would, how would you, Eric, mm -hmm. convince them to go that route? Yeah, so the, I, when you started uh, talking about the, the, the risk and you know, I, skepticism, fear, it's because IVR has been around so long that it's been finely tuned to what it is. Yeah, good point. So, it, you know, is it, they know what to expect. Uh, they know how to budget. They know what their outcomes are gonna be. And any change to that is, is pretty significant. You know, in the past when we started to introduce, even just going from touch tone to speech, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing approach. You can ease yourself into it. Um, you know, we've got, David and I have a, a partner that has been, they're, they're all about, their ex experience is number one. I've always been very hesitant to, to maybe introduce new concepts. Well, what, you know, what we've talked about is, well, something they can't do today, maybe that's where you start. So where, where you've got some of those transactions and it's buttoned down and maybe it's not as conversational, but you're just getting, uh, it's effortless, it's quick, it's easy, it's successful, you don't have to touch it. But if you wanna introduce a new concept, so there's little risk anyways, because maybe all of those interactions have to go to a human agent, that's where to try it out. Mm -hmm. So don't think of moving to, whether it's conversational AI, whether it's generative AI, it has to be this rip and replace. Um, if you have something, you've already made the investment, especially with our current customers, it's a great opportunity to go in and do, you know, the term champion challenger, A-B testing, to, to, to pick a use case and introduce that experience and, uh, you know, see what happens. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think um, there's another layer of this that besides just the experience of it all, technology is an interesting conversation mm -hmm. too. Now, I, none of us are technologists other than a few things we read on the internet once yeah. in a while. <laughs> um, you know, but when I talk to prospects, a lot of times I hear, well, the IVR is just hanging off my contact center software or my or my ACD or my PBX or my you know thing in that closet back there <laughs> in the data center room or whatever right yep. and when you talk to technologists um, a lot of times you have either I can build it myself or I'd like to learn more about it so I can build it myself mm -hmm. and you talk to business folks and you and you realize that they have a need of of always a making things more efficient um cutting some costs even if it's not cutting may, maybe turning their contact center to a profit center someone told mm -hmm. me the other day that they're looking to change their contact center to be a profit center and how they do that all relates to you know the experience of it all and so when 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 you talk to each side of that you, you talk about well you can go retire some of that old dusty hardware you have in your closet over there. And on the other side, the risk isn't maybe as high as people feel like because we've been talking to our phones and our yep. thermostats and our, I mean, my kids turn their bedroom fan off with Alexa every night. Like <laughs> it's like we are as a public becoming aware of how to talk to these types of things that none of us did in our growing up. Yeah, very um, true. And so I think, I think 
when I talk to prospects, I, I understand the risk, believe me, but I also help them understand that this isn't all that new. Like we're not jumping into a technology that is brand new. We're talking to something that's been around thanks to the, the key you know, technology drivers of our time, Apple and Microsoft and uh, Amazon and everybody, that we just now benefit from their, from their falls. We've now, we can now build them differently, so. Yeah, it's, pr and it's probably where each of these organizations are within their, their, their journey themselves. If they really didn't have an IVR to begin with, or it was a very kind of, it was a lightweight version, mm -hmm. There's a, an opportunity to, to go in with a little more of a, you know, kind of a redo uh, because there's, it's not really going to impact your, their business regardless. Uh, but if you have something that has been in for a while, that I understand why it's going to be more of a dip your toe, figure out where, where it makes sense before, instead of going, you know, jumping in and going all in. So when we think of, so, we probably didn't touch a ton on the technology. I got a question for you in a minute, David. The technology of, of IVRs, IVAs, bots, et cetera, they're only as good as the knowledge base, right? Or the way that you should build them, in our opinion, is that you should connect them with back-end client yeah. support systems, mm -hmm. CRMs, order fulfillment systems, like everything that a human being sitting on a phone can do, the virtual agent should be able to do too. So thinking about that and the channels and all the differentiations of, of, of experience in a channel, what's your ideal situation with the, with the when, when you have to communicate to a brand, yeah. how do you want to do it? How's your preferred method and, and what's your preferred uh, path? Sure. So I think the, the first question is, is it a brand that I normally interact with? Like an easy one for us, is it an airline, right? Mm -hmm. We travel a bunch. And just because of where we live, we normally have a preferred airline because it's easier, or whatever the case may be. And so I think that if it's, if it's a, a brand that I interact with often and they already have like my billing information, I try to either chat with them, right? hey, I want to upgrade my seat using Miles. I can chat that in. They can say, yep, sounds good. What's your record locator number or whatever the case may be? Easy. I, I can do that because I can, I can multitask. I can send emails while I'm chatting with someone. So that's my ideal situation. It's a brand that I already interact with. They know who I am, and I can get in and out. Now, if it's a brand that I, like, haven't purchased something from before, or have questions about an order that I'm going to make, then oftentimes I, I do prefer voice because I, I don't know what the questions are gonna be. I'm not as familiar with it. So I think if I'm already familiar with you, I try to get you on a chat and, or, or social media, and that, that normally works for me. Is the experience better when they know you and they recognize yeah, of it? of course. So yeah, it definitely matters and it is a better experience when they know me. And most of it is just because it cuts down on the interaction. They know like, if I chat and they ask me for my member number, then they have everything that's available to me, right? Or if I call, they know me too, right? They call, they have my telephone number, they can see my flights, that kind of stuff. So I think that it ultimately is a better interaction, not just because I feel that they know me, but because they know me, 
the interaction is condensed. Eric, if you were, let's just pretend you're a contact center agent. Mm -hmm. What do you want to receive on the end of an interaction after a virtual agent does its thing? Like, cost has, yeah. interaction has to be escalated to you. What yeah. do you want to do? Well, all the information about the customer themselves, so whether it's their subscriber number, member number, anything that ties that customer to an account if they're an existing customer of ours. So I shouldn't know how it got sent, how the sausage is made. All I know is when I get you know, the ear con or I know someone's there, that my screen pops up with, their, with that customer's record. So I see their name, all the pertinent information is right there so I can mm -hmm. greet them by their name. What, taking a step further, knowing that a lot of times within a contact center environment, you might be skilled for different things. Yep. You might be a super agent. You can do technical billing. You can handle everything, a one-stop shop. I, it, I would like to know, because back, back in the day with, with IVR, you might get a one word, it's a billing call or tech support. Now, with this more conversational experience and, and capturing more of the intent, because the customer may have had multiple intents on that one call, I'd like to understand. They asked something about their bill, then they had a question about uh, technical support, and they were specifically, they were having an issue with their modem. I want that information in front of me as, as well as their, their customer information. So I can greet them, I can say, hey, I see uh, you know, you had already, you've been interacting with our system. Sounds like you had a billing question that got, you know, that got, did that get taken care of for you? Um, but you have a question about your modem. How may I help you? So I made it personal, greeted them by their name, knew at least a little bit about why they were calling me, and I could pick up on the conversation. Yeah, and there's another episode we did about trends, or, yeah. or will do, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Um, but I, there's another trend that's kind of come around, and we're not talking about Gen AI so much in this episode, but... I, I did like a trend that I've seen lately, which is a lot of these companies, including Google and some of these major uh, contact center companies, you know, the old days was we they wanted the transcript of all of what happened, chat transcript and mm -hmm. voice transcript and whatever, so that the agent could try to scan through it all and read it. That is hard to answer the phone or chat or whatever, read through what's going on. Um, so all these folks are now starting to do call summarizations with Gen AI, mm -hmm. which I think is really, really neat um, and going to help folks that have yeah. lived on the contact center and had to literally consume lines and lines and lines of information yep. when now they're going to get to read four bullet right. points. And Absolutely. Well, and even you think about in the contact center space, when you're, when you're done with the interaction, usually there's what they call after call work. And in the past, you had to, either you were taking notes or you had to summarize for the next time they call, why they called you. Yep. Then you had to select a disposition on why they called. Well, I can tell you firsthand, as you're good getting through your day, you just start picking probably the first di uh, disposition on, on, your, uh, on your list. Your notes become much shorter, not as detailed. And now, it, it, with, with that, that technology evolving to be able to summarize the call for me, 
don't even ask me for the disposition because now you've got the information there and it can go ahead and, and disposition itself. It just freed up all that, you know, quote unquote, busy work after you had a call with, with yeah. a customer. After call work is so expensive. It's extremely expensive. Yeah. And it's something that used to be, a, when you were a call center supervisor or workforce management, that was one, that was one of those metrics that you looked at that flashed if an agent or your, your group uh, was starting to exceed the limits. I mean, I remember they would even sometimes only allow you a minute and they put you back. So if you're midstream, yeah. all of a sudden you're taking a call trying to finish up your, yeah. your summarization. So leveraging Gen, I, Gen AI to summarize what's happening in the IVA, then let's say it does get to an agent and then again, that information keeps on coming across and then put into the summary of the post conversation after the agent. Mm -hmm. It allows the agent to focus on the customer and not the tools. So instead of having to go and do all this on the side, they're able to listen, you know, actively listen, respond, and everything else is kind of being taken care of yeah. for them, which is nice. So why don't we put a bow on this? I think we've explained what IBAs are. Um, but to, to recap, the virtual agent is really the next evolution of, of automation. It's, it's taking the best human experience you can and bringing it into the, into the channels that the consumers want to talk to and, and letting the, 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 the virtual side, the automation side, really understand things as an intent and not just a one word, one number, one type of answer. Uh, and it, it, it really allows consumers to do what they want, when they want, and how they want it, and speak to this like I would be having a conversation with we, you know, the, the two of you right here. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think that's it for this episode. Um, please bring more comments. We love them. We, en we enjoy taking your ideas and tasks, and we're going to have more of these conversations. Uh, like and subscribe, and thanks for, for joining us today. Alright, so the name of the podcast is called No Holds no Barred. Hold <laughs> no Hold Time. Welcome back to No Hold Time. Oh, man. How about Jeez. I start it and, uh, and ask you the question? That way I'm talking. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> I'm saying loud noises. <laughs>